the Yearbook Sportscast. Hello, everyone. Thanksgiving. We miss both of them, American and Canadian. I'm Doug. I host this. So you lost the World Series. Life sucks. Or does it? The Tampa Bay Rays. For most of the last 12 years, we're not overstating this. They've done an excellent job of developing talent and moneyballing. And for that, they have two World Series appearances in 12 years and no wins. So the Rays just lost that second World Series appearance. But this time, they'll be back a lot sooner. Or will they? Here's what I'm trying to say. We've said it before. Baseball is set up for the Cinderella's of the world to fail. Upstart teams do rise up and win at baseball, but those Cinderella's often get just one shot at the big time. And then after that season, they're immediately dismantled because of baseball's built-in economic caste system. So you say, what's the problem? Baseball's still on TV. I could still see it. It seems to be flourishing. What's the big deal? And I bring up the old sports adage about shopping for the groceries, meaning building a team. So, in your life, you literally shop for the groceries. You do all the work. You go to the grocery store, you do the work, you look for values, or you don't. How am I supposed to know how you shop for groceries? You get the groceries, you lug them home, you lug them into uh, the place where you live, you got the groceries inside finally, and there you go. You've done all the work. You went to the store, you've got the groceries. But one day later, your neighbor comes over and just says, I'll take those. You better live it up. For that one day with all your precious groceries, because the next day, your groceries are getting stolen. Over the years, the Dodgers and Yankees have been able to keep a core together and at the end of the season just say, just wait till next year. The Rays and others can't keep a core together and at the end of the season just say, well, that's over. To me, that's a problem and it makes baseball boring. But this time might be different. The Rays built a roster that's cheap enough and young enough that they could bring almost the entire team back intact for next season and maybe more seasons after that. This offseason began for Tampa Bay with the Rays having exactly one free agent on the entire roster, which means Tampa Bay wouldn't be spending the winter getting into bidding wars and they could make their own decisions on whether to keep certain players or not. So Tampa Bay which damn near won the World Series with the third lowest payroll in all of baseball last season, could be back again, and maybe again after that. The last small market team to have two shots at a title were the Royals five years ago. Before them, I don't know, maybe someone in 1991, 1990, 1989. However, and this is the problem, even the Rays are still conditioned to using the same subtle language that big money teams never have to use. Tampa Bay management says the current team has to be quote-unquote flexible this offseason, and the team's goal is to be as quote-unquote competitive as possible next season. That's code for budgetary decisions will still have to be made. Already the Rays have lost pitcher Charlie Morton, who took big money for the Braves. He's old, and it remains to be seen if losing Charlie Morton has any impact. But the other 2021 World Series favorites are talking about being as quote-unquote competitive as possible next season. They're all talking about the World Series. The Rays, yes, they should be. 
outstanding once again in 2021, putting a temporary stay on low-revenue one-and-done teams. But baseball doesn't love all its franchises the same. And I think the constantly changing small market team rosters are frustrating and soul-crushing for their fans. This is almost half the league we're talking about. And the uncertainty is bad for the game and, yes, boring. The Scott Dixon driving the Target race car while selling Pringles sign is still alive and well at the local Target. This is not a complaint. We love Target. But Target stores left IndyCar as a sponsor after the 2016 season. So Target left IndyCar, but that IndyCar sign never left Target. If you're tallying up their bill, Target owes Scott Dixon for four years and two months of free advertising. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. You can find us anywhere. I guess. We never check. How would we do that? So the Rays, maybe, possibly, perhaps, won't need to spend a lot to win a World Series, maybe? But the NHL hockey, which has a salary cap and definitely should have a salary cap, but is the worst argument ever for a salary cap, has already done the championships cheaply thing. The 538 Statistics website brought up a very, very interesting point and then couldn't explain it away with statistics. In hockey, when a goalie suddenly gets hot, that's where he can't be beaten. You can't get a puck past the goalie. The goalies uh, say the puck looks like a beach ball. It's just the game is so easy for them. They just get hot. When a goalie gets hot like that, his team is suddenly unbeatable. A goalie on a hot streak is basically a free pass to the playoff semifinals all by itself without any other factors or any other participation from any other players. What 538 found is expensive goalies are not the ones who get hot. All right, without the fancy language, just cut to the chase. The teams that often win are the ones with a bargain goalie. As the 538 pointed out, of the 20 goalies making at least $5 million a year this year, only four even made the third round, the semifinals, much less the finals. The ones not playing by then included easily the NHL's two highest-paid goalies, Montreal's Carey Price and the Sun City Kitties' Sergei Bobrovsky. And before you say, but Doug, only four teams make the semifinals. That's the semifinals. There would have only been four, go- uh, four goalies left anyway. This list includes backups. The highest-paid goalie still alive in the bubble semifinal round this year, the Golden Knights' Marc-Andre Fleury. He was only a backup. The Golden Knights starter, Robin Lehner, is only the league's 17th highest paid playoff goaltender. The Lightning's Andre Vasilevsky wasn't even on 538's list because his $4 million a year is on the low end for goalies, sometimes called goalers. And he's the one who wound up winning this year's Stanley Cup. And this trend is not new. The Blues' Jordan Bennington won it all last year while making $650,000. The Penguins' Matt Murray was recently a back-to-back champion while making roughly that same amount since 2006 the nhl's first second third or fourth highest paid goaltenders have only made the stanley cup finals two times number one highest paid goalie roberto Luongo of vancouver lost to the league's eighth highest paid goalie in 2011 and number one highest paid goalie jonathan quick beat the league's 11th highest paid goalie in 2014 the explanation for all this There isn't one. I mean, you can definitely find some factors, like the quality of the teams who sign these humps. I almost said hips, but I meant humps. For example, 
the Sun City Kitties, Sergei Bobrovsky, is very highly paid. But the Sun City Kitties were not going to reach the finals. And there are also complications. The Kings' Jonathan Quick, who we mentioned, he won his first Stanley Cup as the NHL's 26th highest-paid goalie. But that is what vaulted him to be in the number one highest paid, where he then won again. And that's about to happen again. Tampa Bay's Vasilevsky, who we mentioned, he's scheduled to get a big, big raise this coming season. So he'll be moving off the list of bargain goaltenders onto the list of the most expensive goaltenders. But anyway, overall, cheap goalies win cups. And there's no known analytical reason for it.